hello. I am so excited because today, today is the day the Lord has made, y'all, and I'm rejoicing in it. Do you know why I'm rejoicing? <laughs> because I have a special, beautiful guest, as you guys can already see, um, that's joining me for our first ever live light work. Come on, somebody. Light work. Can I get a little light work? Now, normally when we use the term light work, we're thinking, when we say work, we're thinking like, yes, do it, do it, do it. When in this instance, it's the same thing. It's just mm -hmm. a holy little, a holy work. Come on, yeah. somebody. It's just a little holy. And mm -hmm. uh, light work is based off of Ephesians 5 and 8, for we were once in darkness and then we're brought into his beautiful light, into his light, right? And one thing about light is light is uh, attractive, it's uh, alluring, it's beautiful, but it is what God is, it's who he is, he is light. And when we are around others, the only light sometimes they see is us. And a lot of times they don't know where our light came from. They think it's just always been there. Uh -huh. They think we always been this good and sanctified and all that good stuff. But in reality, most of yeah. the beautiful, illuminating lights come from a place of darkness. And so today uh, on Light Work with Monique Davis, we are going to talk about it today. So, <laughs> so who I have with me today is this amazing, beautiful woman of God. You may know her from Instagram as Vocally Unique. Uh, some of you may know her as a minister of God, a pastor, a, 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 a minister, evangelist. She, she can have all the titles, right? But, but the truth is she is just a woman of God who loves to speak about who he is. And I would like to introduce you to Jasmine Hayes. Hey, Jasmine. Hey, how are you? My middle name is Monique, by the way, so. A connection, you understand? Uh, I knew it. It is, yes, it is. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much. Yes. And I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes, yes. So when I when I first, like I said, when I first came and I saw what you're doing amongst the internet waves, I believe it's gonna catch on very quickly. I know you're you're at a certain number now, but I'm gonna tell you something. It's going to catch on. Your your love, your zest for God and being in that authentic rawness is gonna catch on to so many people and I'm excited about it. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you first before we go into anything, when you saw the, the verse that is the base and the foundation of this uh, talk, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5 and 8, what were you what were you thinking? What were your thoughts on that? Like that that is the that is the main word to me. And what, to, what stood out to me the most is that a lot of times we think, you know, light is just developed, you know, you were born like that, it just comes, <laughs> it just happens. No, no, no. There was the light of the world. Okay. The only reason that we are able to walk around and illuminate, the only reason we are able to walk around and be radiant is because there is light on the inside of us only yes. because of the light that will never be there. Okay, I'm about to go there. I feel it. Go it. Go. The light that will never be able to be darkened. The light that is the undefeated champion yes. is on the inside of us. And yes. that is the only reason that we are able to be the light. He has called us to be the light. So when I heard, I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. People <laughs> looked at you and said, girl, you just a big ball of sunshine. Girl, you like what you didn't know me before Grace oh. got. 
You didn't understand who I was when I wasn't sure if tomorrow was going to be the day for me. You didn't understand how it was when I thought about driving off the road and wondering if anybody was going to miss me. The light that's here, it was crushed, but it, I mean, it was uh, perplexed. You know, I was a little in despair, but I was not crushed to the point of not being come back but that is what produced the light and i think sometimes we see people like wow but you have no idea that mm. they don't look like what they've been through my at god. all my mm. god this is one of those talks like i said we're gonna keep it real can we yeah. keep it real that's all we, can do. That's all we gotta do. that's all that's all listen that's all i can't even bless it unless it's authentic he can't yeah. even bless it unless it's real right mm -hmm. and so you know with that being said i i know my journey is crazy. I have a crazy journey and I know I have gone through a lot. I could have been dead. I could have been uh, strung out. I could have still been on the pole. Do you hear me? Uh, I could have been uh, uh, in jail, right? Come on. I could have been a lot of different things in the mental hospital. Um, there's a lot of things I could have been, but God, I want to know your but God. I have so many but God. God, but God is my entire life. Every day I woke up, wake up in the morning, it is you know, sometimes I don't feel like it, but God, I would just um, testify, I think of three things, three things that uh, would be my major but God. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the first one would be when I was in um, high school, my sophomore year, my father was murdered. So that was my very, very, very first. Now, let me, let me be honest. In that season, it was not a but God. Mm. It was everything was God's fault in that season. So understand that I'm able to talk about it. I'm able to testify. I'm able to, if I had to even preach a word on, but God, but in that season of my father being taken from me, it wasn't, but God, it was God. I don't like you. God, I can't stand you. God, I don't understand why you did this. I read my journal that I wrote at that time and I had to repent and say, Lord, forgive me for I knew not what I was saying but I was angry I was upset I saw my mom struggle with depression I saw my mom struggle with anxiety as she's trying to figure out how to raise three children I saw my brother trying to figure out how he was going to go on without his father figure I saw my little sister who's daddy's little girl trying to understand God why did you take him from us God what happened and it wasn't until later on down the line, I believe around my years in college, when God really started to show me, and I'm not gonna say, show me why he took my father, but yeah. show me the but God in the fact that my father is still not here. Back yeah. in the day, um, I know it's hard to believe, but I used to get right with people just simply because I did not like the disrespect. Mm -hmm. I did not like being rude. Now, I didn't know I was waging war with, you know, flesh and blood. I didn't understand yeah. that mm -hmm. back in the day. I just knew it was the person. So yeah. it got to a point in college where I wanted to stop you know, messing up and making my mom like, Lord, I can't never send this child to school. But it got to a point where God started to show me revelation. Um, the man who killed my father was so angry that he didn't have time to think about what he was doing. He shot my father and he even shot himself after. So he is not living to this day either. But those are two different things that happened in a split second yeah. because he was not able to control his anger. He was not able to control his emotions. And I told myself, I don't want to be so impulsive. I don't want to be so emotional that I put my hands on somebody to the point where I take their life, to the point where they're not able to go back home to their family because I am a 
product of someone who was not able to control their emotions. And now I have to live with not being able to see my father anymore. Mm. So it shifted for me. Yeah. And I started to be able to see God in the midst of it. I started to heal. I started to forgive. I started to say, God, well, I need you to show me what is the after this. I need to know what's after the yet, because if I don't, I don't know how else to live. So that was my very first book, God. Now, college. Like I said, it kind of came in college when I started to mature, spiritually mature, um, emotionally. Um, but like I said, I used to get in a lot of fights. Um, I got suspended my very first semester in college for the entire semester. <laughs> yes, yes, I know who does that, me. But God, okay? So I got suspended the entire semester for fighting for people that I thought were my friends. And when it came down to it, everybody was like, Jasmine, 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 Jasmine. And I was the only one out of everybody who was suspended for the entire semester. And as I sat there, I was hurt. I was broken. I said, Lord, these are supposed to be my friends. Like, these are my girls. I was riding him. I don't even know the girl I fought. I was just fighting because my friend told me it's time for war. Like, I just couldn't understand it. But God allowed these painful moments God allowed these moments that were very pivotal and important in my life to shift me where I needed to be and the lady who worked at my school knew somebody at my church and she sat me down she said Jasmine I want you to understand that what you're doing for other people they're not doing for you so you have to make a decision on who you're going to live for you have to make a decision on what path you want to go on so I started to sit and I said, you know what? I gotta find me. I have to discover who I am. I have to do what I have to do for myself. And I started to really just start to dwell in God's presence. I was in a gospel choir. I was singing and I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to take it serious. Like, I'm going to dive into your word. God, I'm going to get to know you more. Because what happens is the enemy's agenda is to push you so far away from God because of how society treats you. But the way God operates is I want society to push you closer to me. And I allow every trial and tribulation that was going on to literally push me closer to God, push me closer to God to the point where I say, God, I don't want to do it my way. God, I've done it my way so many times and it don't look right. God, this is too much. I'm hurting people around me. That's another thing you don't realize. The stuff you do to yourself, yes, it's just you going through it, but there are other people connected to what oh, yeah. you're doing. My mom was connected to it. My family was connected to it. My church and my friends were connected to the decisions that I made. And I had to just make a decision not for them, for myself, but in due time, it, uh, um, it uh, also benefited them. And this will be the last testimony. Come on, man. Um, come on with it. I must say, I have so many, but these are the three that first came to mind. Um, the first one was my father. The second one was me, you know, getting suspended from college. And mind you, I've been suspended from, I'm expelled from three schools growing up, by the way. Let's just throw that in there. Um, but to God be the glory. I came back to school the next semester and graduated on time still, yeah. missing an entire semester with a 3.1 GPA. Come on, somebody. Um, come on. God is, a, God, is, God, God is a wonder. And I know we say what God can't do and that's not possible but when the facts don't add up I came to let somebody know God's there he's in the midst because he said I want you to have faith in the things that you cannot see yeah. not all the facts that add up yeah. I want you hey. to have faith in what you can't see. So if you don't see it working out, have faith that it's working out. If you don't see that the bills are going to get paid, see that the bills are going to be paid oh. and have faith. So this is a very 
last but God moment in my life. When I was in college, um, growing up, I was always the girl, you know, that was, you know, oh, she just loves church and she doesn't really do too much. And I got in a relationship and I ended up getting pregnant. Okay. This is a very big one that I normally don't um, for a long time, I didn't say it. For a long time, I didn't. And I recently just started telling this testimony. It was something that weighed me down for so long. And um, let, me, let me backtrack. I was not in a relationship. I used to be in a relationship with this person in high school. But because I was um, a virgin, because I was a good girl, people left me a lot because that's just, I, I, I wouldn't get down. You hear me saying? You wouldn't put that in. Okay? But in college, things shifted. I said, this is my time to shine. This is my time to go for it. Maybe he'll stay. Mm -hmm. So eventually, um, long story short, we know what happened and I got pregnant. But because I had already been such a mess up in my family, it was a no for me. Once again, I didn't choose myself. I chose, how do you want to be looked at? That's embarrassing. You don't want to go through that again. Jasmine, you just got it together and now you about to do this. So I immediately went and I got an abortion. And that was one of the worst times of my life. Not only the process, but the after effect, the effect of the weight that I carried, the fact that I had to sit and say, wow, like, I can't believe I did that. And I'm a teacher right now. So it was very embarrassing for me to tell the story at the age that I am working with children, knowing what I did. It was just so much happening in my mind. But I remember when I left the, um, the hospital after um, getting the procedure and I was with my friends that were very mature because I had switched groups. I was no longer with the other group. I was with the group that I knew from church. I'm a young lady I knew from church. They were way older than me, very mature. And I sat in a room and I felt depression coming. I felt darkness like never before. And I even started writing this um, in my journal that I literally felt straight darkness. It was darkness. But as we were sitting there venting, my friend didn't even know what happened. Only one of them knew what happened. Only one of them knew where I just came from. Nobody knew. One of my friends started talking about how she had an abortion before. She talked about how it was one of the worst times of her life, but she made it through it. She did not know what I had just came from. And literally, I literally felt light shine. I literally said, well, Lord, maybe there's hope. Somebody is expressing it. Somebody is letting us know how they overcame. I said, so God, maybe I can overcome. God, God maybe, maybe there's hope for me. Mm -hmm. So once I heard her speaking about it, I said, wow, the power of a testimony is so real because if people don't understand that other people have been through it, you're going to stay secluded. And when you're in secret, that means a secret covenant with the enemy. And because I couldn't, I could not break out of the bondage. I could not break out of the war in my mind because I did not go public because I would not be honest with myself. And as time went on, I started to share my testimony as time I went on, I started to get closer with God and not distance myself because of shame. That's another thing that happened. Yeah. The enemy will put shame on you to the point where you don't feel worthy of talking to God, when you don't feel worthy of being used by God, when you don't feel worthy of being qualified for anything because God doesn't understand what I did. God can't use anything like this, but I came to tell you that the enemy is a liar and God is going to use your testimony because there are women that need to know they're not alone there are men that need to know they're not alone and your testimony is going to shift someone to not commit suicide your testimony is going to revive someone who is slowly dying and those are the three major i think that i wanted to share but got moments and in the midst of all of that 
God is still good. Come on. Come God on. is still good. I'm now a first grade teacher. I'm a union rep, meaning I am now basically kind of like the lawyer for the teachers. Yeah. I got expelled from schools. They didn't want me in the school. They said, your girl got to go. But now I'm a teacher advocating for kids like me when people didn't understand me, when people didn't understand how to treat me. They only knew how to... um basically discipline what was going on, but they didn't know how to cultivate my purpose. Sometimes you gotta bypass what's happening and see the purpose, see the destiny, and then understand how to cultivate what that child is carrying. Mm -hmm. And I just thank God for what he's doing because he has literally put me back in the environment that I thought was killing me at one point in time. The environment that I never thought that I would thrive in is the environment God has allowed me to be a model to help other children and even grown-ups thrive where they felt like they are not qualified. Understand that God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. I'm gonna say it one more time. He didn't call you and say, hey, straight out the womb, you was qualified. No, he said, I'm going to qualify those that are called. I'm going to qualify those that simply make themselves available. So I want you to make yourself available. I don't care how dark it looks. I don't care how light it looks. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And your pain does not have to go in vain if you just make yourself available. Mm, my God. We got to insert clap right here. That's This is what, this is what we clap. Come on now. Mm. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. There's a lot that I have to unpack here, okay? So I got to go back. I got to go back. <laughs> I got to go back. Let me say this. So you mentioned, so one of the first things you mentioned in your butt, God, was anger. Mm. Was anger. And so many Christians, especially my good old saved and sanctified folks, they don't want to admit that they've been angry with God. They don't want to admit they were just like Job's wife, just curse God and die. Come on, they weren't, they don't want to admit those things. Listen, I don't trust a Christian who ain't never been mad with God. Come on, because that means you ain't got no relationship. That means you have never, you've never had a relationship okay. with him. You've okay. never had a relationship with our daddy. You never had a relationship if you didn't say, well, where is it, God? Where is it, daddy? What you said is gonna happen. Why it ain't came yet? If you ain't never had one of them moments, I'm sorry. I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't trust you. Now, you don't have to continue to have those moments, but mm -hmm. at one point in your walk, you have had to have that moment, right? In order for, and, and that's when he gives you that aha, but God. See, when you cry out to him, he hears our cries. Yeah. He hears us. Yeah. And we're we're his children. When we really understand the relationship between father and child, mm -hmm. come on, y'all. Are you always happy with your dad, your, your, your real dad, your real parents? Were you always, were they just this ball of sunshine? No, no, no. Sometimes they made, they, they took you through trials. They took you through the process. They took you through three, through things. They could be sitting down in front of the TV and say, hey, come, come get, pick up this remote. And the remote is about five inches away from them. Come on, your parents just had you do stuff sometimes, right? Just so you wouldn't be lazy. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I was listening to you and I said, that's right, that right there. That's good right there. That 
Christians need to admit that they have been in a place of anguish, a place of anger with God. And, and now that you know it, you repented for it. I, 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 was, I was in the same situation. I've been in the same situations that you have been in, oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. And I remember the same type of feeling when I re when I recall my journal, when I recall my little diary. And I was very angry with God. Okay. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> right. Who wrote this? That was me. Jesus. I repent for the old me. Come on, some of y'all yes. need to repent from the old, the old you. Me. Come on. it's still affecting the new you. If you didn't repent from the old you, yes. it's still affecting the new you because if you're angry, you are hard-hearted and you can't yes. see the perspective he wants you to see because yes. you're still mad but won't admit that you're mad. Yeah, you can serve and be mad. Woo! You can minister in the good gospel and be mad. I've seen people do it. I've done it myself. When I was first getting into it and I was trying to minister to a friend, minister to people, I still had anger issues too. Come on, y'all. We have to keep it 100, okay? That's the way that we get the people free because yes. we're not perfect. We don't walk around perfect all day, okay? Yes. And so mm -hmm. that, that right there was one piece I wanted the people to really grasp and take a hold in, right? The second one you talked about being in college and making mistakes and, and ride or dying for people who ain't riding or dying for you. Listen, I, I it reminds me of just when you realize that you when you realize when you have true friends when you realize the difference see when you're growing yes. you want everybody to be your friend right you're like i got my best friend <laughs> and so we don't know that it's it's a certain mindset for people who are truly your friend and it reminds me of a scripture second samuel 21 and 17 i knew it was in second samuel but second samuel 21 and 17 and he talks about david's men declared to him he said you are not going out to battle with us again why risk snuffing out the light of israel oh my lord why risk snuffing out the light of israel Listen, if your friends are not concerned about that light that you carry, if your friends are not concerned about the light that's within you, them ain't yeah. your friends. Them are the mm -hmm. people that you are supposed to be helping out, ministering to, serving in a way in terms of being a ministry, a ministry example, but them ain't your friend friends. You understand the difference? Because the, the friend friend is not going to let you go fight and get all the blame. A real friend won't do that. God will send you a mighty team that won't yes. be afraid to fight for you. I'm not saying fight with you. Listen mm -hmm. to hear me. Fight for you. He had David had four faithful champions that went to battle for him and slayed the uh, the Philistines. Uh, Abishai, Sabakai, uh, uh, Elahanan, and Jonathan. Okay, those were the four people. That was his friends. And they didn't ask him to come on battle. Come fight with us. No, I'm, we don't fight for you. That's what a real friend does. A faithful friend can fight for you and not need you around. If that, Let me tell you what I say when I say fight for you. That means that if you are in a situation, you're in a company, your friend is in a company of people who claim they love you or like you, but maybe they're a little jealous of you. Maybe they're a little intimidated, intimidated by you. But that friend that's faithful, well, listen to them say all they got to say. Okay, okay, okay. Well, here's what here's what I know. Here's the truth about Jasmine. Here's the real deal about her. Here's what I know that God said about her. Here's what see that that's that's fighting for you. Fighting ain't always this. 
fighting, don't say you don't want to go to jail. Yeah. Come on, you ain't got to go to jail. But, but, but fighting, fighting can be fighting for you in words, fighting for yeah. your fighting for your character, fighting for who you are. That's the that's the difference of a friend and somebody who you may have supposed to have in your life, but you're supposed to be in the future. Yeah. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. Some of us are in relationships and bonding with people just because it's somebody familiar and we're afraid to be with a, somebody that's, that we think is up here or we think mm -hmm. it's this or we think it's that because we're afraid. We don't even want to open up our circle. No new friends, no new friends. I rebuke that demonic expression in the name of Jesus. Ain't no such thing as no new friends. I you know, think God desires that? You think God desires that? Come on, y'all. So... Your second but God was for the people who needed to understand the difference of friendship and yeah. ministryship. So, so those were some so two two big things, two great things that I hope they really caught on to. And then your last one, of course, was just it blew me out of the water. I felt the Holy Spirit completely on that one. I did um, is when you shared your testimony of messing up. Come on, y'all! Like when you mess up for real, for real. That's, that's dark. That kind of mess up is dark. I've had that kind of mess up. It's dark. It's a dark, dark place to be. And so the, I'm not gonna say, see, I have to watch my language because I wasn't always in the church. So sometimes, even though I am a church folk, I call church folk, church folk. Sometimes church folk will make you feel so condemned that you put yourself in isolation and you don't end up getting out of the rut. I thank God. I thank yeah. God for bringing women and yeah. men into my life that ministered me back to the light. Yeah. Because if it was up to some people, come on y'all, I would still be somewhere condemning myself. I would still okay. be a person who did X, Y, or Z. Do you hear me? Yeah. We cannot, as the church, as a body of Christ, um, yeah. our ministry, my husband and I, we have an outreach ministry out yeah. of the walls of the church and we call it Building Kingdom Culture. That is what you, you got to do in this hour. You can't build a culture based on fear, condemnation, unworthiness, yeah. uh, uh, self-sabotage. Yeah. There is that's not the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so in order for us to get back to the light, we sometimes, we need a friend. We need somebody. We need a, some, a true Christian, a true Christ-like person. And it's so sad that we have more of the others, more of the religious folks that end up bringing us to that place. That's it, a hunger. They have a hunger because they're hungry and the place that's supposed to feed them is poisoning them. The place that's supposed to feed them is literally pushing them away. It's just so, it's just, it's so disheartening when you have people that are hungry. They're like, this is still God. I can still get my sage to, to, to wipe it around and get the evil spirits. But you got to do your own personal research on that Come stuff. On. You, you got to do your own personal research, but not only research, you got to pray about that. You have to ask God, God showed me, God revealed to me. And God, we got, you know, this is something that's on my heart. We just got to pray for the hearts of people to be reopened because yeah. they did give people chances. And that is, that, that's exactly who this 
broadcast is for you. See how we do the circle? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You took it all the way back. Come on. That is exactly what this broadcast is for. It's light work, y'all. It's us producing light, honoring the light, showcasing the light, and speaking light in order for the people that at once peeked in and couldn't show their light. They felt like they couldn't show their light here, so they had to take it to the world, and the world immediately Ooh, accepted it. I love that. Oh, man. It's, it's, everything you said was just on it, and um, yeah. I'm just That's grateful to be a testimony. Um, I felt when you said, like, I could literally see people peeking in like maybe today's the day you know maybe maybe i can come back because people have a relationship with god not only that they're discovering their gifts and their anointing that come without repentance the bible says your gifts and your anointings are irrevocable so just because i may not be here 24 7 just because i may not be involved in all the ministries my gifts and my anointings are still here. So there are people that are trying to understand themselves and they're trying to just peek and say, maybe I, okay, maybe not, I, I tried out. And they're peeking and it's like, who's gonna be the hedge? Who's gonna be the one to stand in the gap? Who's gonna be the one to get up and share their testimony? And I say this to a lot of family members. They say, well, Jason, you don't gotta put all that out there. Like you don't gotta tell them all of that. Like, and I get it, I understand, you know, balance. But it's sometimes it's like, what am I hiding it for? Mm -hmm. why, am I, why am I not able to say it and share it? Because yeah. somebody needs to hear. Yeah. Somebody needs to know. Somebody needs to say, wow. Not just I've been through the fire, because that's what me, I done been through it and all. What is it? What is it? What, what's what the is fire? What have you been through? I need to know that you went through the same exact thing mm -hmm. I went through. Come on. God still said yes to you. My God. Well, this has been so mm -hmm. full. This has been so full, so good, girl. I am. I don't even want to let it go, but I know my editor gonna get me if I don't stop at some point. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I, I'm so appreciative of everything that you poured out because it's so important that we share our testimony. As I started off in the beginning, I said, the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. Yes. And when you have been in darkness, when you have felt darkness, the only thing that can give you light is God. And then he uses you after that. It's like, it's a discipleship. It just goes on and on and on. You paying it yes. forward. Every time you open up the door to your life, every time you share that testimony that's hard to share, that is another form of light sharing. That's light work. Come on, that's light work. A little yes. light work. Light work. <laughs> light work. Yes. Light work. And so I'm just, again, I'm very excited to uh, have you. I can't wait for this to come out, everyone to hear you, um, to see you. And um, I just pray that just, all the blessings in the world come to your door. I do want to share about some of the things you have coming up. I know you have a writer's summit coming July 31st. Um, tell the people about that. Yes, so I'll be hosting my very first conference. I am simply just the host. Um, my friend Morgan Banks, who is the CEO of Capri Tour Creations, God gave her a vision to birth a writer summit for all ages. So um, this is just a space where there's gonna be speakers that are gonna teach you mm -hmm. how to write, speakers that are gonna encourage you and give you motivation when you walk in, 
You will not leave the same. It's gonna be hype. It's gonna be food. If your girl is the host, y'all know we going up. Hey. Have a blast, but it is definitely an event that you do not want to miss. I encourage you all to come on out. If you need more info, um, on my Instagram and my Facebook, Jasmine Hayes. Instagram vocally got unique, and you can get all the information there. That's right. And you have a call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 6 a.m. Right. So you make sure you guys, if you guys connect with her, get on that call pray with her bring your young people out to her listen they'll listen to her they'll see that beautiful face and they'll be like okay i'm gonna listen and they'll see they'll see that she is young and serious about god and that's so important in this day and age listen guys i am excited about what god is doing in this hour i'm so blessed to be able to to have the time the ability uh uh, uh to do this in in general but i thank god that he chose me to to speak up about the light that he has brought in so many lives. And again, thank you. I'm Monique Davis, your host for Lightwork, and we're out.